0: But there's no reason why Wall Street should close. Yes, the traders can go home at the end of the day, no problem. But let the computers do their thing all day long. Because what happens if like a a war breaks out or some new thing and breaking news? You wake up on Monday morning, these massive funds with this really carefully fine-tuned risk profile idea. Like everything opens below their stops and the the entire thing is just out of whack. And then you get this huge domino effect. Like we should have real-time all the time and not just because people should trade at three in the morning but because the markets should reflect information instantly
1: this is opinionated a roundtable debate that fascinates with each new thought-provoking guest the place to convey strong ideas and at times the casual controversy join features editor Ben Schiller and reporters Anna Badakova and Danny Nelson As they push the conversation further with their own criticisms and reactions to the latest Bitcoin and crypto news from around the world. And just a reminder Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice.
2: Hi, everybody. This is Opinionated, and I'm Ben Schiller, and I'm joined by co host Danny Nelson. Good morning. Good morning, good morning, and Anna Betakova, joining us from Moscow. How are you guys guys. doing today?
3: Recovering from uh, Anthony Scaramucci's SALT conference. Oh Um. my God, that
2: sounds like (laughs) a fun thing. So we have a very, very special guest today, leader of a movement, of a real phenomenon, the founder of uh, Wall Street Bets, uh, which really has taken the world by storm. This year, uh, a lot of coincidence between Wall Street Bets and crypto, I think, and we're going to get into that with Jamie Rogosinski. Hi, Jamie, how
0: are you doing? Good, thank you. Hi, thank you so much for having me.
2: I, I don't think our listeners can see this, but Jamie has a kind of banner. It's kind of a neon banner for Wall Street Bets behind him which looks very uh, sexy and uh, nightlife-y. So,
0: it's it's uh, a functional one. Look, I can turn it on. Bright neon.
4: The light is on. <laughs>
2: wow.
0: <laughs> Problem is that it just ends up taking over the light and so my face ends up looking like a silhouette shadow. So right. I didn't think that through.
2: That's nice. Just to, to open up here, I mean, just to explain to our, our listeners, what is uh, Wall Street Bets to you as the founder of it?
0: To me, Wall Street Bets is it's like an idea, right? It's this omnipresent kind of, uh, at least that's what it's turned into, right? Like certainly not what it started off, but there's this kind of philosophy that people are living by. You know, most famously known for this subreddit, which is this you know online forum. It's a community where people go in there and talk about stocks and whatnot. But it's transcended that, and it's talking about not just stocks, but crypto and silver and K Street bets from Korea and India Street. But like, it's just this kind of, I don't know, ethos people are starting to live by now. And that's that's kind of how I feel about it.
2: Right. And, and why do you think it's been so successful? I mean, what, why has it become such a phenomenon? I mean, presumably there was kind of a, a built-in
0: need that wasn't really being catered to. I think it's a confluence of things, right? Society has gotten to the point where uh, people like to take a hold of whatever it is that they have to do this kind of gig economy of saying oh, okay I'm going to do these things on the side or whatever why not take care of my own finances right and I want to gamble with them sure if I want to be more conservative with it absolutely and you have a confluence with that as well as with access to the financial markets things like Robinhood things like you know these commission free brokers that are out there makes it really easy and it's pulled the veil of the sophistication around finance people have realized wow I could buy stocks too without really having to do anything other than clicking this green buy button.
2: Right. So, with crypto, there seems to be a lot of coincidence here of interest. So, crypto is a lot about the individual and coming together online in these collective arrangements and really self sovereignty. And some similar ideas in Wall Street Bets. How do you see the
0: confluence between those two phenomena? There's always sort of been a confluence between it, right? When Wall Street Bets started, in 2012, with the financial crisis still fresh on everyone's mind, the philosopher Leon was, Hey, let's, you know, instead of, if we can't beat them through the Occupy Wall Street movement, let's try and join them, right? Beat them at their own game. Crypto was born pretty much around the same time, around 2008, with that same philosophy language around this hey, central banks, you know, fiat, printing money, inflation, whatever. Right. Let's take control over this thing. So the philosophies were always aligned. It's just that they never quite merged back then. And, and I openly admit this. I made a huge mistake when I evaluated crypto and Bitcoin specifically. I said, OK, this is kind of cool. All right. This this, you know, the, the program behind it was really smart. And the economics behind it was also really well thought out. And I said, wow, I hope this experiment is able to make it. And then as the years went by, that experiment continued to prove to thrive uh, at that point, I'm like, all right, cool, congratulations to them. Now you have a thing that goes up and down in value, but it's still no place in Wall Street bets because here it's more about the execution of trading and the spreads were really big and you have to do a lot of things in order to buy Bitcoin. So it was just, it was just not mature enough. And the mistake that I made was not reevaluating that decision. I, I believe I was right the first time around. But I ignored it for years and years after. I thought crypto was just Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever, these other altcoins. I literally thought it was just coins that go up and down. And boy, was I wrong.
4: What would be the right time to reconsider that uh, looking back? Do
0: you think? <laughs> I have to see exactly when the DeFi movement started, but sometime around then or right before then. And I know people since the beginning, I remember people saying, In the future, people are going to be able to buy little fractions of a real estate and these things, and it's all conceptually possible. But it took, you know, five, six years before somebody started actually putting this to fruition. But the things that really, really get my attention is all the tools available on DeFi, right? Like if the goal has always been to improve Wall Street, DeFi blows it out of the water with I mean, I can go all day about all the really brilliant, efficient solutions to really complicated problems that they've figured out in DeFi. So I'm hoping that there's enough adoption. It's still pretty tricky to get into. There's still a lot of steps you have to go through, but I'm confident that's going to get solved. And soon enough, I foresee that it's going to pressure Wall Street into getting on the ball and to actually improving system and trying to adopt some of these crypto best practices. Do you think
3: that um, the position that you had taken early on, you know, that crypto didn't have a, a place on Wall Street bets? Do you think that that position was maintained and proved to be enduring for a while because it became maybe something where you might be wrong on the
0: topic? No, it's not. Look, I've always been super humble when it comes to Wall Street bets and everything. I always said the community's been right so many more times than I have. I never wanted to have Robinhood on Wall Street bets, right? For similar reasons that I had with with Bitcoin. It was the execution wasn't really good, et cetera. But I didn't impose my will upon the community. The community said, I do want this. So I'm like, all right, cool, have it, right? And I was wrong with that because obviously Robinhood ended up carving out this whole new niche of uh, market participants. With crypto, the community never really quite pushed towards it. I don't have any issues saying I was wrong, Whatever, swallowed my pride. But as many people know, I was removed from the subreddit last year over some drama. Uh, if I was still there, it would absolutely be on there right now. I mean, it would be silly not to include it because these two worlds are converging. You're already having tokenized stocks on a on blockchain. You're already having crypto-related stocks on Wall Street. You had Bitcoin futures for a while on the CBOE. I saw yesterday that interactive brokers are starting to integrate Bitcoin. Like It is obvious that these two things are coming together. So I would be foolish. Uh, to not allow that.
4: Have you invested in anything if you want to disclose that either DeFi or Bitcoin or anything else in crypto? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I, I invest on stuff all day long. Like I continue to have this kind of degenerate gambling approach to things. Sometimes I'll see a chart just completely blow up. And I'm like, okay, I'll buy this and then I'll Google it. Okay, what do they do? Oh, okay. They're like a decentralized file storage system. Oh, That's kind of cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and so I have at any given time I've gotten, Let's see, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, uh, Arweave, Solana, Luna, Terra, <laughs> Mirror, wow. Polygon. I just buy stuff, and they will go up and down. And sometimes I lose money. Yesterday, I lost a ton of money because I saw a tweet from uh, you know from many sources that said, "Oh, Walmart's doing Litecoin stuff, right?" So I went there and I threw a few thousand bucks into, it and I tweeted it out. I'm like something about Walmart, buy it. And then it crashed right back down and I lost a lot of money. And then sure enough, like their account was misused or hacked or whatever. So. Oh my God. Yeah.
2: Well, I hope we weren't complicit in that at Coindesk because we did report that news erroneously. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I try to say I'm sorry. I was genuinely sorry. And I genuinely lost money too. Like it was an easy mistake to make because it came from the actual verified Twitter account. So, right
2: just want to ask you about an op-ed that you wrote for us last week where you were talking about how lots of people are trying to get exchange traded funds for Bitcoin, but you feel this maybe isn't a big enough use of the technology of crypto to push this movement forward. Do do you want to talk about like the way in which people are maybe not being ambitious enough when they talk about having an an ETF for Bitcoin and other crypto when they could be embracing DeFi, which is a much more revolutionary concept?
0: Yeah. And I... Do you anticipate that gap is going to close? All right. Right now, if I wanted to buy, whatever, one of these DeFi projects, I have to download the MetaMask thing and change the protocols and put little numbers and addresses at the top, and then I have to add some new coin that's not in the drop-down list, and then it tells me, "Whoa, you're going to lose your money," and I have to click, "Yeah, I know." And then it's really a laborious step. I do believe that that experience is something that's uh, seriously inhibiting people. The second thing that I think is inhibiting people is the same cloud that I was under, which is oh, crypto is Bitcoin or whatever coin, not interested. But, you know, that's fine that it works. I understand it. I believe in it. But I don't feel like doing crypto stuff, not realizing that an ETF or, you know, an ETP, so a similar product on the blockchain can do the exact same thing is actual ETFs in the stock exchange, but only better and much better, right? And it's a project that I'm actually involved with. But I I was asked a couple of weeks ago about this new ETF, and I forget the name, but I know that guy, Will Hershing, that owns that. It's like this meme ETF, right? They're supposed to go off of the sentiment or whatever and then predict the short float or whatever. And there's meme stocks in the ETF. Um, Dave Portnoy came up with prior to that one. The problem with those things is like, If you want to change, rebalance or add stuff, you need to go to the committee, sit down with the board. I don't know, the risk people have to go and prove it. And then all of a sudden they have to go out and restructure this thing. And it takes maybe weeks or months at a time to do it. And by definition, they've missed kind of the ball on this meme. You can do that in crypto and rebalance it five times a day if you wanted to, right? By the community that can just vote on it. But the other thing that I think that is super powerful about it is you can actually mix asset classes, right? You can already have an ETF or an ETP, which includes gold, right? Like physically backed gold, collateralized, all the things that people want to hear. Put in some Bitcoin if you want or whatever coin you like. Put in the S&P 500 ETF. Hey, guess what? I can put Samsung in here too, because I love Samsung. I can't invest in their company because they're in Korea and I'm not Korean. That's pretty darn cool. Right. If you think about it.
4: But who will be like custodying these uh, assets in this basket? Like how, how, how exactly would it work?
0: Well, it's self-custodial. So that's another thing that's wonderful. Right. So these and I can get into some of the more technicals um, if, if you're anticipating or I'm anticipating a regulation question here. But you have all the assets that, that are built into smart contracts. You purchase this securitized token. And you have it on there and then all the things underneath are tracking the prices correctly. It's adding it up and you can cash it in. So you're the owner, you know, self-custodial, the entire thing, and you can cash these things out whenever you want. How that part of it works, that's where it gets interesting, right? Who buys the Korean stock on my behalf, right? Or Or if somebody in Korea wants to buy Apple, who's holding that one? This is all still really new, and regulation has historically kind of been behind the ball. I like regulation. I hope they can catch up to it, but there's different approaches to it, and we're inching into it in order to be friendly with regulators. There's two principal ways of doing this. Number one, actually going to purchase a stock, right, and then you have it collateralized. It actually is cool, and that's what I want to be able to do, which affects the underlying market, and that's done through third parties. Just like right now, if I purchase Apple, I'm not the actual owner of Apple. If I use Robinhood, Robinhood is the one that's got custody of, right? So we have a similar relationship like that with, uh, with this third party. And then as far as the KYC and all that stuff, that's done at some point so that people can, can find out whether you can do it. The second way, which is this more innovative concept, is not by actually buying the underlying, but by mirroring or by tracking the underlying stocks. This is something ETFs do already or ETNs on the stock exchange, right? Like oftentimes you have derivatives underneath oil futures with this futures, whatever, and they synthetically replicate the prices without having to buy the underlying. That's also be able to be done in conjunction. And then there's no KYC. The thing can trade 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no border requirements, no anything. Those are the two approaches and we can mix and match them. So how are you getting around the uh, regulatory issues here then? If there's regulation in place, we comply with it, right? And like this project that I'm working with is in the process of doing this, the first technique that I mentioned, which is to actually buy these stocks. Regulators say, I need to know who it is. So we're building in the step that says, tell us who you are, known as KYC, you Know your customer. So whenever there's a regulation in place, we'll comply with it. Obviously, we want to stay within the confines of the law and we want to welcome this regulation, take a look at it and say, hey guys, we need to update this regulation. Regulation is so old like I'm sure you guys remember what happened with GameStop and Robin had to stop the, the trading of the shares. a lot of people thought it was Robinhood being greedy or whatever, and they missed the point that every major broker in the. US had to stop trading these shares it was not just Robinhood and the reason why that it wasn't because the company woke up and decided to do something bad it's because of this regulation in place which is built off of this archaic settlement process that takes two days like back when it comes from the days when you buy stocks in Wall Street, you would put it on horseback and take it across Manhattan. <laughs> some guy has to like, reconcile this thing two days later. Now some guy had to program into the computer. Hey, don't give this guy his stock the stockers cash yet. He's got to go through the counterparties and the clearinghouses and the brokers and the exchange of whatever it is. I know we could do this instantly, but the programmer says you have to wait. Has it been two days yet? No. Okay. Then don't give it to him yet. That, that needs to be updated. That would have fixed the entire GameStop thing. You know, there's no reason to have that in the system as it is, anyways. So, when regulation catches up, we'll comply with it. And once regulators do catch up with it, it's almost like a validation of saying, okay, yes, this thing is authentic. We've looked at it. and These are the rules. And, and now you can keep doing this.
2: So, what's the timeline with the DAP and uh, how can people get hold of it?
0: Or people can go to wallstreetbets.net and they can see kind of the makings of it. You can already buy tokens and, and, DAP and these tokens allow you to do a bunch of different things. And we've been working on releasing some of these things since the beginning of the roadmap, been doing quite well with it. We're about to release the first ETP, which was voted on by the community. So people said, hey, let's put some stuff into it, let's mint it and create it. And then anybody can buy it. You don't have to be part of the, the DAP. So if Wall Street bets, if the people from the community made some YOLO ETP, they put it out there and it's available.
4: So this first ETP will be formed by which of the two principles that you listed? Would it be more like an index fund that just traces the prices of certain assets or somebody will be buying actual stock or whatever assets and and holding it on on behalf of these ETPs stakeholders?
0: Be the second one we're going to be tracking. This is the one where you don't buy the underlying stock. This is where you just mirror and you track the price. This is something that really hasn't been done, especially not at this scale and complexity. And so we're taking the most logical route, which is let's do these easier ones first, right? Starting from, hey, how do we vote? How do we decide what to do? You know, these processes that we have to iron out, it's so much easier to start with the tracking one because all the technology is already in place. We've partnered with all the right people with this, but we are an advanced talks of being able to now release this next one. It it just adds layers of complexity. Why not roll out the ones that we're able to, you can already buy tokenized stocks. So if you don't want to do ETP type stuff, if you just want to buy Tesla or you want to buy Microsoft, whatever, you can go to the same website. Don't even have to be part of the DAP. You don't need to have the WSB tokens or anything. You can just with Ethereum or Terra or whatever. USD coin, I believe. I don't remember all the ones, but you can just buy these things now. They're available 24-7, which is cool because that creates an arbitrage opportunity, which just means like a low-risk strategy, which takes advantage of one thing being open and reacting to news and the other thing not. Well, there's no reason why Wall Street should close. Yes, the traders can go home at the end of the day, no problem, but let the computers do their thing all day long because what happens if like a war breaks out or some new thing and breaking news You wake up on Monday morning, these massive funds with this really carefully fine-tuned risk profile idea, like everything opens below their stops and the the entire thing is just out of whack. And then you get this huge domino effect, like we should have real time all the time And, and not just because people should trade at three in the morning, but because the markets should reflect information instantly.
4: Are you going through any licensing process right now? Are you prepared to a possible scenario when the SEC is knocking on your door and saying, hey, you're selling securities here. How about registering them and paying a nice fine to us?
0: Yeah, so we, we obviously have a big team of lawyers, and we'll be very careful with what it is that we're offering, how it is that we're offering, and how we explain it to people that we're offering to this. At this point, we are stitching together what's basically an elaborate order routing service, right? And thanks to the blockchain. So it's this, you take all these processes in place from people or or participants that are already licensed to do whatever it is that they're doing. And you route these orders, right? So that you basically just kind of like a window to these processes. So when somebody actually buys the underlying share... We ourselves are not going to go to the stock market to buy the underlying share. We're working with a partner who is fully licensed, who is fully accountable for all the regulations. SEC is going to go to them and say, hey, do you have all these requirements? Did you make sure that you know these things about your users? You're complying with these things. And we're simply just funneling right, these existing processes.
2: I just want to zoom out a little bit because uh, we don't have too much time. So you were scoping out at the beginning how this sort of started with the financial crisis originally, and there was Occupy Wall Street, and then we had Bitcoin, and then we had sort of a fintech revolution around Robin and things and Wall Street bets. I mean, where do you think we're going in, in the future? What, what's the next thing down the pipe here? If you had to sketch a vision for five years time for where crypto is going to be on Wall Street and where's Wall Street going to be in this kind of global 24-7 environment we live in, I mean, how's the world going to be different from it is now?
0: I try to guess what's going to happen five weeks from now, let alone five (laughs) years from now, I'd get it wrong. You know, the trends are clear. These things are coming together, right? Bitcoin never succeeded taking out central banks, nor will they ever, but they're certainly learning to coexist with them, right? You're already seeing countries that are adopting it as their legal tender. You're already seeing all these major financial institutions put that into their kind of uh, portfolio and it's a good thing right these are really efficient these are really innovative assets or concepts that exist so i see these things kind of coexisting right where there's blurry lines in between you open up your whatever application on your phone or you log in and in one place it's like here's my defi project and this is the number of shares that i have in apple and this is the number of shares and it's just kind of seamless you don't care what's happening behind the scenes i certainly hope that this bottom-up pressure on the financial system, meaning crypto is doing things better than Wall Street in a lot of cases, and vice versa, by the way. Wall Street does do a lot of things better than crypto in some cases, that they can learn from each other, and and it's improved, right? And this also goes into the regulation aspect of it. I've been doing Wall Street stuff for the last decade or so, and and I'm really well-informed about how these things work. And especially when it comes to these things called leveraged ETFs. And I'll bore you with some of these details, but leveraged ETFs have this nasty side effect where they go to zero, no matter what, right? Like because of this thing called volatility decay, with some asterisks in there. But anyways, I've known about this forever and I was on Binance the other day and I saw this ETF button and I clicked it. And then it said, oh, this is like a leveraged Bitcoin up and a leveraged Bitcoin down and like a good <laughs> degenerate gambler. I'm like, oh, I'm going to figure out what these are by buying them. And I tried to, and it stopped And he said, no, 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 you can't buy these. You don't know what you're doing. These things are called leveraged ETFs, and you're new to this. And I'm like, oh, like hell I am. <laughs> like, I know exactly what this is. J- just let me through, right? And it didn't let me through it. said, so you got to watch a video and take a quiz. Uh-oh. So first of all, that's great, right? There's no regulator that told Binance they have to do that. Binance is looking out for their customers, and that's really cool. Right. Well, Much
4: regulators told quite a bit of bad things to Binance recently, so maybe they need to be cautious
0: now. Perhaps, but they're also looking out there, but, you know, they're trying to keep their customers happy. If they lose their money, they're it, not going to be happy. This is their in-house don't get wrecked insurance and, and it's a great one. It's mutually beneficial. They're all, you know, the incentives are aligned. So I like that. And I think that's one step that you should learn. If I want to do these naked stock options on Robinhood, they're just like, do you know what you're doing? Yes okay, have at it. Right? Like, at so least
3: that, I
4: think I do. I, I, th- I think that in
3: five years, we're going to have like roving kill squads that
0: actually liquidate people when they, <laughs> when they get liquidated.
3: That, that's, the, that's the future that I want to live in.
0: That's funny. But anyway, so I watched this video, which was really well made, by the way. It's a complicated concept. It's volatility decay. And they did a great job explaining it. But uh, to my surprise, I actually did learn something. I did not know anything. I did know a lot of things, but I did not know this the way this thing worked, and they basically explained in that video that volatility decay is why it sucks, why it goes to zero, but why these guys fixed it. They figured out a way to put a variable component of it, once again, extremely complicated, but they essentially changed the leverage on this thing so that when certain conditions are being met, this negative effect is mitigated and it's reduced greatly to the point where you'll probably take forever, if not never, it's going to go to zero. That is really cool, right? Why Wall Street doesn't have a variable leveraged ETF is beyond me. (laughs) It's a brilliant example of how these really smart individuals, they understand these really complicated financial topics can apply it to crypto and using smart contracts to be able to pull it off is just wonderful. I'm hoping that Wall Street can learn from a lot of these things and vice versa.
4: There was a man who also was trying to marry these two worlds, the world of blockchain and crypto and uh, the Wall Street stock market. He had ambitious uh, goal. He wanted to revolutionize the stock market with blockchain. His name is Patrick Byrne. He created the, the whole exchange for tokenized, you know, kind of mainstream traditional world assets, but that would be issued on blockchain. To start with, and traded 24-7, the platform T-Zero got uh, in a bunch of troubles. Other than Patrick Byrne getting into this political spy sex scandal and resigning. <laughs> Patrick uh, Byrne,
3: for the record, would be on board with my liquidation plan.
4: Patrick Byrne should be on, on many boards. He might
3: be on the liquidation plan, to be quite honest. But, <laughs> but, but other than that,
4: no, look, Patrick Byrne is just a topic for, for a series of podcasts and a novel book and movie. T0 got in a bunch of troubles. First, they got into this endless fight with the SEC, which has been after them from the day one. Then they had to comply, even though they were a blockchain trading platform. Because they wanted to be compliant, they had to trade only in the trading hours, like in in the business hours of of the traditional stock market, which was kind of, you know, funny, because it was basically crypto, but it was functioning as a legacy market. It turned out there isn't a huge demand for that. There wasn't that much life on the platform. So T0 ends up uh, being sold right now after years of trying to make it work. So I'm just wondering if you have been watching this experiment and if you maybe learned something useful for your project from that, like if it's a valuable lesson at all.
0: Look, I think his vision made sense. I you know, as soon as I understood what DeFi was and I and I palpably felt it, the very first thought that came through my head was that is like, why aren't companies going public on the blockchain? Right? Like, that just makes a lot of sense. And, and I don't think he was wrong, to be honest with you. I think he just might have pulled it off either at the wrong time or or not in the right place. There was this documentary, I forget what it's called, but it's about this guy in the late '90s who thought it would be a really great idea if you install cameras in this kind of a house, right? And then you can stream what's happening in people's real lives all day on the internet and people can go in there and they can watch whatever. And, and he thought that would be the future of what happens. You know, he was kind of successful for a little bit and then just things crash and burn and people just thought he was crazy. Why would people care about reality TV, right? Fast forward however many years, and now it's just the only thing that you can find on television. So this guy was right. he just was a little before his time, and perhaps he just didn't execute it correctly. Yeah, I believe this is something similar. I think that the second thing is the approach of saying, hey, this is going to replace it. Just like Bitcoin with the central bank, I don't think you're going to replace the stock market on the blockchain just because it's better. I think they can coexist, right? I think you can take all the benefits that you have from the blockchain and figure out a way to adapt it. But if you go head to head against the government and against the financial system with so much money by it, you know, you're gonna rub people the wrong way, right? What have I learned from it? I didn't necessarily learn, we're not necessarily molding ourselves because of anything he did, just our philosophy is let's try to stay on their good side, right? We're going to try to comply with everything as possible. We're trying to coexist. We're not trying to replace or say the other one's bad or whatever. I specifically love everything about Wall Street. I started Wall Street Pets, right? It's like, I want it to thrive. I believe it's a really functional, productive entity for the society, right? Like for the world, I do think that there's a a really good reason why we have financial markets that trickle down into people's day-to-day benefits. And I don't want that to go away, right? I just want to make little things better. Like, let's fix this 2 key two settlement process. Just have the guy take out that line of code right? Yeah. If they're already doing that on the blockchain with instant settlement and everyone's doing it and everyone's saying, this is great. We don't have a problem. Why can't we pressure them? You know, Why can't we just make Wall Street better? And why can't we make crypto better? And why can't they coexist to the point where there's not a huge difference? When I buy a stock option on whatever broker I want to use, a lot of stuff happens behind the scenes that I'm never going to find out about. If I do use Robinhood, it's gonna to go to their uh, you know payment for order flow, guys. And then that's gonna go if they decide to push it out to the exchange. They have a handful of different places they can route that through, they route that through it, makes it onto the exchange. Which exchange did it go into like a lot of little pieces that kind of connect to each other? Why not daisy chain crypto into some of that? Because crypto can do certain things better. And you can still have your guy that buys a stock option or girl that buys a stock option, the same thing, but this time it goes through a crypto process because it does something more efficiently. So, like that's kind of my hope kind of a dream that ends up happening and then we just have a better system altogether.
2: thanks very much for scoping that out That was fantastic thanks for coming on that was jamie rogozinski
4: yeah thank you for going into all these things very instructive
0: yeah no thank you very much for having me this was fun
4: Uh, good luck with your crypto portfolio
0: thank
2: you very much (laughs) so uh what did you think about jamie uh i couldn't pronounce his name but he seemed pretty smart
4: yeah, absolutely. I absolutely loved when he described his crypto portfolio and how he's basically aping in in whatever seems interesting to him, even before reading. Like I, I didn't know he has so much of real crypto spirit in him, and that was fun to. <laughs> it was fun to listen about.
2: But that was interesting when he was saying about the beginning of Wall Street Bets and how he initially dismissed Bitcoin and crypto, but came around later. I guess uh, he's he's one of those later people who uh, turned around.
4: Yeah, but actually, Wall Street Bets, they were pretty much into crypto, I think, in the middle of the GameStop saga. They, you know, the people started posting about Doge. I think they collectively joined the party at that point.
2: Right. I think w- w- one interesting thing I was reading in the Wall Street Journal actually is that there's this idea of Wall Street Bets as being full of people who want to kind of tear down the system. Um, but it was interesting talking with Jamie that he doesn't exactly want to tear it down he just wants to make it better and more sort of convenient and more modern maybe which isn't exactly the same as what Occupy Wall Street was saying which was really about like the banks (laughs) so um,
4: yeah that was a bit disappointing
2: (laughs) (laughs) maybe he wasn't quite the revolutionary uh, that I thought he might
3: be but still revolutionary in terms of Wall Street and uh, what do you think Danny I'm interested in seeing where this DAP goes and I think it's going to court, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> sure? Well,
4: actually, yeah, yeah. I would be surprised if it doesn't get hit by all the regulatory troubles yeah. that everybody else is getting hit by. I-,
3: I mean, it sounds cool. It sounds like a cool thing, and it p- probably is. But like, we should remember, Binance, F- FTX, these global platforms that have huge armies of freaking lawyers, for a while, they were offering tokenized stocks that weren't actually shares into the company but let's say you wanted shares in Tesla you could buy x amount of Tesla tokenized Tesla shares through Binance or FTX those platforms i think both of them have completely jettisoned that line of business they weren't actually trading the stocks they were trading you know products tied to the price of the stock because they recognized that they were going to get absolutely wrecked by regulators for doing that and i don't know how an individual who is uh, domiciled in the u s overseeing a platform that that purports to offer this type of service will fare differently if not far worse. I wish him well though I just don't Savage know how danny I don't that know was... i mean i don't I know I seriously I don't know how to feel about it because it sounds like a really cool thing being able to have this basket of of securities uh, quite honestly offered in a decentralized manner, but I don't know if waiting to see how the regulators react is going to work we've seen how the regulators react we know how they feel and they don't like not being in control
4: oh my that's god i sure. just realized I didn't ask him one big question why do you need blockchain for all that <laughs> oh and then T- so
3: that's another thing t0 you missed the best part about t0 which is that t0 securities don't actually primarily trade on the blockchain they're traded, let's say you buy, a for- yeah, I forget it's a what brokerage. Company. it's a brokerage, so the actual ownership isn't dependent on who has the blockchain, whatever, it's th- just, th- you know, there as a proof of concept.
4: That's exactly what I was talking about, you know, like they were trying to be revolutionary at the same time playing nicely with the regulators and it all end up nowhere because it just didn't work. It doesn't look like the regulators appreciate attempts to play nicely with them while trying to revolutionize stuff. They want you either to do what you're instructed to do by the existing infrastructure and establishment, or not do anything at all.
2: All right, we better wrap it up. Thank you, Anna, and thank you, Danny. Uh, this has been Opinionated, and I'm Ben uh, Schiller We'll see you next time, everybody. Thank you. Thank You'll get you. Okay, liquidated. <laughs>
1: You've been listening to Opinionated with Ben Schiller, Anna Barakova, Danny Nelson, and guest Jamie Rogozinski. Today's show is produced, announced, and edited by Michelle Mousseau with additional production support from Eleanor Paul. Our theme music is by Ellison. Have any questions or comments? Send us an email at podcasts at coindesk.com or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.